Right. Hello, everybody. Once again, it is your boy Money Miles J. Because when money talks, people listen. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of Four Corners Podcast. I have a very special guest today. I have Mr. Uris Parker coming through. How you doing tonight, man? Doing good, Miles. Appreciate you having me on the show, buddy. Oh, no problem. Been wanting to get you up here for quite some time, man. Like trying to get everything together, trying to get everything straight, and finally got you up here. Like for those who don't know, like this guy, his knowledge dates back further than I was born. Like this, how good this is, how good this guy is. Um, first things first. Um, before we get into it, though, I do have I do have to put in a little plug that you guys can always feel free to go on to audible trial we still got the audible link if you use our custom url for audibletrial.com slash four corners that is the number four corners you can get a free audiobook and sign up get a free 30-day trial and no matter what happens within the 30 days you get to keep that free audiobook i've there's plenty of books up there there's wrestling books you don't have to get a wrestling book but just anything that you're interested in. There's plenty of books. One book that I actually did recommend for this month is Go to Fuck to Sleep. And it's narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. It is hilarious. If you guys get the time, feel free. Sign up today and check it out. All right. So, yours, I like I said, I've been wanting to get you up here for a while. Um... Just to get an idea, one of the first things I got to ask and let people know, like, what is, how far back is your knowledge? Like, what is some of the first wrestling matches or your first introduction to pro wrestling in general? Well, it's going to sound, it's going to sound cliche. I know everybody said this, but this is absolutely true. Um, My memory goes back to the age of two going on three. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting between my two uncles. I grew up um, before Newport. I'm originally from Newport News, but I'm originally, originally from a small town that sits between Williamsburg and Richmond called West Point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, the, of course, that's the Mid-Atlantic, Richmond, Richmond Coliseum is where all the guys used to always come. But at the age of two years old, I remember sitting between both my uncles on the couch. I'm looking up and I see this, um, I see this blonde guy <laughs> doing an interview, doing a promo. He's wide-eyed. He's yelling. I was almost scared. I do remember being scared. Mm-hmm. This guy was yelling, and you know, I guess he was he was cutting a promo on his opponent. I don't remember who his opponent was at the time, but I remember he just ended his promo with the whoop, and you guys <laughs> already know who that is. Yes. Woo! <laughs> I know I sound cliche. I sound like a whooping wreck because everyone that probably had that same story. <laughs> That's what got him hooked on wrestling. So ever since, ever since then, from that age to me now, that's all I've been looking at. That's all I had growing up. So, so uh, one of the first matches I remember seeing, uh, besides that promo, 
what was Brick Flair? Um, well, it wasn't an actual match. It was actually it, it was a like a ringside incident with Ric Flair and um, Greg the Hammer Valentine um, ganged up on uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, this was in uh, it was Mid Atlantic. Oh, Mid Atlantic Wrestling uh, ringside. They they um, and you can and you can see and they, of course they got that old footage um, YouTube or or the WWE Network whatever you you know whatever you use. But um, that footage <laughs> is all on YouTube. When they uh they ganged up on on Roddy Piper, so oh, that's yeah. what I remember seeing at the age of at the age of two. Oh man, like the I think I remember I actually remember looking at that clip because I remember you had told me about it. Um, I found it on YouTube real quick. I couldn't remember the date. I got to go back on my um on my app and see like what the date was and everything. But I do remember that. Like it's. It's real interesting how some how these promos are what stay in your head, you know, like when they like the way that they captivate and motivate and the energy that they provide. So that actually is a good transition into what what we wanted to talk about today, which is wrestling promos, <laughs> and and you know we you know many times we've talked we talked about all these different promos. All the ones that stand out, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> shoot, oh, yes. shoot, shoot! You remember when when we were in the middle of the when we were in the middle of the floor? I had my karaoke machine and I was cutting promos up there while you were just standing there like yeah. Brock Lesnar holding the belt. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did it. We did a whole Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar uh, esque <laughs> promo. And we actually was bringing people. We were actually bringing people on the job. We were bringing them in because it was. They was all scattered on the floor, and then a few of them just came to, um, to the stage to watch us, watch us cut their promo. Exactly, they were captivated by it. So, yeah, yeah. So I want, <laughs> I wanted to know, like, in your view, what is what makes a good promo, and who, and like, we're gonna go into we're gonna go into it later. But what do you think is critical criteria for making a good promo? My, my critical criteria making a good promo is and if we want to talk about Vince McMahon probably don't agree with me with this. <laughs> I'm more I'm more of an old school. I'm more of a just cutting a promo straight raw authentic. I'm not yes. a fan of the script. Yes. I'm I'm uh, I'm just not I'm just not a fan of that, man. Um if you're gonna cut a promo, I feel like you gotta you gotta feel it. You're in your character. Mm-hmm. You just gotta let it flow. It gotta come out naturally. I mean, because now nowadays a lot of a lot of promos you can you can almost tell that it's you almost tell the work. You almost tell it's acting. Back mm-hmm. then, it was it was believable. Mm-hmm. Those promos are absolutely believable, and I'm I'm more of a fan of that. Right. I'm more of a fan of the old school way of a promo. Yeah, I agree with you because like now nowadays you got you got it too scripted and whatever these other guys are writing, they don't even know they don't the wrestlers themselves and I say wrestlers, the wrestlers themselves, yes. they don't even know like what the heck they're talking about or they don't feel it. They don't they're not motivated by it. It's not it's not authentic. I think I think that's what I'm yeah, it has to be authentic. Like you got to really feel, you got to really motivate it. You got to be motivated to say what you're saying. And when you're just talking 
just normal talk, trash talk that somebody yeah. else wrote. It doesn't feel like you. We just sitting there talking. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna. Yeah. It's not gonna flow now. Exactly. Like you need something to flow naturally. It's one of the best promos. Like if you look back, shoot, even um, I'll say Austin three sixteen or The Rock's promo when he joined the Nation. If those promos were scripted like things are today, then. They wouldn't be as iconic as they are now. Correct, and we already know that the, the, those two promos were not scripted at all. Right. They, yeah, that, that was not scripted. I'm, I'm pretty sure. He, uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, kind of brainstormed from the actual guys from Rock from Austin. Mm-hmm. They they probably was going on their own head of how they're gonna do it, but it wasn't. I know it wasn't written by any guys. They anybody else. It came exactly from them. From Rocky and from Steve. Right. So, um, who? So with so with them, Drock and Steve Austin, both of them great promo guys. They're at the top of the list. Like who else? Who would you? Who else would you have on your? I'll 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 go so far as twenty. We're not gonna do a full twenty. You don't have to, but we're just gonna do like some of the best promo guys. And some of the best promos. Like, who are some people that pop in your head the second you think they are the best people on the mic? I would say hands down. And are we are we going with um are we going with uh, uh are we including the guys of uh, back in the day or more or more of this uh uh this generation as far as oh. like, the attitude era and oh. how far we going back. <laughs> oh, we are going back as far as you can go. The most underrated and this guy was never given credit. In my eyes, this guy is the most underrated. I gotta say on Anderson. Like, okay, we got we got Rick Flair, that's about to fall. Yeah. Rick Flair is about to fall. Rocky is about to fall. Mm-hmm. Austin's about to fall. Right. Most underrated guy to me is on Anderson. Arn Anderson. Double A. <laughs> of course, if you see from, um, of course, if you see, you see the, from the early days of the, the Horseman, you know, you got, you got Rick, he'll say his little piece. You know, you got JJ, he says his little piece, Tully. After Rick, Double A, he won't lift his head up, he'll just lift his eyes up, he'll summarize everything. <laughs> and you know how you say, you always start off with, as the old saying goes, he got this passionate <laughs> promo. First, <laughs> you always gotta start off with as the old saying goes. He says little sayings, but he will cut this, and then you look at his face. You look at his um when the camera zoom in on him, you'll you'll see it in his face that he mean what he said. That's why he's the enforcer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that enforcer persona is believable. Right. Arm mm-hmm. makes it believable. Yes. It's natural. Once again, the promo that's natural is it's not to me. The enforcer was not a character. I think that really was double A. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why he, in my book, is the most underrated guy when it comes to cutting promos. And do you have any promos by him that you recommend some of our listeners to go check out? None, none in particular, because it seemed like none of them stood out more than others. Because like every one of every one of Arn's promos just was just on the money. Like it was, it was <laughs> he never. He never did any. He never. Um, I should say this. All of his promos was just uh just grade A. He never 
for he never failed on any of his promos. So it's kind of hard to pick out the litter. Right, right. It's hard to pick out the litter because like every every promo, even even during the times where when he was uh, when he wasn't in the Horseman, when he was part of the Dangerous Alliance. Oh yeah, that's right. Just, yeah, when Rick when Rick went to WWE and there was no more Tully. Um, Barry was doing his own thing when when it was just on, and he was part of the Dangerous Alliance when he teamed up with Bobby Eaton. Um, even then, same deal. His promos never failed. Man. That's why. That's why my boy Arn Anderson is my guy as far as promos. Man, I I gotta I gotta admit, like I feel like I overlooked them because I remember, I remember, um, like as you're talking about it, I remember some of his stuff as he talked. And everything, even when they revived the um Four Horsemen, with um when he was talking on the microphone, like that, like he'll he'll talk, and like he talked with conviction. And another guy, yes, and another guy, I gotta put, I gotta add to the list, is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. I gotta, I gotta have Dusty Rhodes up there. Let's not forget Dusty Rhodes. That, yeah. that, that was the guy that we're gonna move down and, and go on the line to after after we get off a double A. Yeah, we were gonna go to Jordan. Oh yeah, I had to I had to just punch him in there. You know, like he was yeah. he was probably my absolute favorite um from the olden days. Well well, you know what I mean, seventies. You know, I have wind and dine with kings and queens and I slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. Pork and beans. Yes. yes. Like his promo style was was like that of a Southern Baptist preacher. Absolutely, <laughs> and absolutely, and he was just very cap. He was just very captivating. He was very humble, and when he said something, like when he's when he said something like the gold around your waist will be mine. When he said something like that, like you felt it. You could feel every single word. Shoot, even I even even his Hall of Fame speech, <laughs> like even yes, even down to the Hall of Fame, he did like a sermon. Yes, he's like we talk about passion. Yeah, <laughs> that passion speech. Even when he, even when he, yes. even with his sons, when he said said we ain't got to talk about what I've done or where I've been. You see my two sons, I'm so proud of them. Like. Mm. <laughs> Like dang, yeah. He cut. He cut that. He cut that Hall of Fame speech like a promo. If you listen carefully, you'll hear somebody in the audience be like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> 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 like you hear somebody in the audience say that. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. I gotta look back on that. Yeah. Um. Yes. And I gotta look up some more Arn Anderson now that you mentioned it. Um. Double yeah, A. All right. Double A, hands down. All right. Um, who else you got on your list that's some hidden gems when it comes to promos? Let's see. When it comes to promo, let me let me think of who else. And I, and I'm not you know and I'm not trying to take away from any of the the, the new guys um either. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm gonna kind of bring it back up. <laughs> um. Let's 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 think here. <laughs> we have to think who can. Uh, as far as promo goes. Hmm. Let's see. So we got Rocky. We got, uh... So, we got Rocky. I mean, of course, take... To me, 
to me, Taker, when he was talking, um, to me, Taker, but from, in my opinion, more of the American badass Undertaker. Yeah. When it came to cutting promos, I think that's a hidden, uh, hidden gem. Yeah. Like, I, would, I would look at it as a hidden gem. Undertaker, but the American badass version. Yeah. A lot of people hated the American badass because he seemed too human. But he really did look he really did play the role, feel it. Like the whole badass, like this is a guy you do not want to mess with. Like Right. Oh, and, and just just to be fair, just to be fair too for the American Badass. Let's take away okay, let's go let's go before he went to the American Badass. Mm-hmm. When he was when he was a dead man during the actual era when he was a dead man, but he was still he was still speaking in that American badass esque Oh. Like the, like the corporate ministry. Oh yeah. Remember yeah, remember that? That was kind of yes. When he, when he was speaking that way, that was kind of like the the predecessor to the American badass. Right, I remember that. His whole promo style. I remember that because it was just a little odd that. to me. Now, that's that's another that um. So I would I would give it to the American badass, but also give it to the predecessor to the American badass, the 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 corporate ministry um days. Right. Okay. As far as cutting promo. Okay. Um. So. So I'll give that to Taker. All right. So was there anybody in the current era? We'll say um. We'll say from maybe um. And we can also throw Triple H in the mix. Triple oh yeah Triple H yeah. Triple H wasn't too bad. Like um, when he's got when he's got something to be angry about, like he gives it his all. And there's times when. I there was the reign of terror um that he had on Monday Night Raw where he, he was sitting we lost connection. Oh, oh, there we go. You still there? There you go, there you go. Yeah, you kinda kinda went solid at one point. Huh? Oh. But yeah, there was um there was the feud that he had with Batista and there was one promo I remember where he was um where he was talking about how how he treat how you treat an animal, and he was sitting in the ring with a chair, the belt on his shoulder, and he had a spotlight on him. And I thought that promo was pretty good, but nothing will top his his um ga- the game promo. Oh yes, yeah. When it comes to when the Triple H, that that was the basic. That was the beginning. That's what set the tone. Mm-hmm. What's next? Because it was a it was a it was a reinvention. Right. That 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 promo was that promo was iconic. That that was the that marked the reinvention of Paul Levesque. Hunter. <laughs> he, he got out, he got out the whole uh, he got out the the the, the DMX. I mean, I said DMX. He got out the DX thing, mm-hmm. and he transitioned into the game. So that one promo. Right there is what set the tone of what's to come next. Right. Yeah. Like, that really helped him get into the main event spot. And his feud with Mick Foley is what helped him prove that he was belonged in the main event. All right. So, exactly. Uh, and then uh, and Undertaker said this. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you good. You good. Go. <laughs> yeah, Undertaker said this on his, uh, on uh, Triple H's, uh, TV, old DVD. Uh, he said he had a lot of. It was a. He, he pretty sure that Hunter had a lot of uh, pent up anger, mm-hmm. which he did from um, 
from taking the heat for the curtain call. Right. To be held back. So it, it, pretty, it pretty much was pent up in him. Like, now, okay, now it's go time. Now, the ra- I got the range now. Mm-hmm. So now I got to really prove myself. Yeah. I took the heat for the curtain call. I've been held back. The king of the ring spot was taken from me. So now you feel like he really got to prove himself. So him bringing away from DX. You know that that was his um that was his time. So yeah, and that's probably why that that's probably why that promo was so good. Cause that was that was passionate. That was not. I know that wasn't scripted. That came straight from mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Yet again, it goes right back to what we said in the beginning. Like when it's not scripted. Like yes. Yep. Yep. And. And there's times when they don't, when they um, when they script. I understand why they do it, but like I think that they should have the guys do give input on what they're going to say, rather than just have them give them, just give them a script, go out there and say it. I think it should be more. I think it should not even be a script. Though. I think it should be more brainstorming. Yeah. Like this is uh, this is your character. Mm-hmm. You know, memory like uh. This your character. Remember, you just got beat up by this guy last week, so you you really gotta bring it. Like you're angry, you're ready for vengeance. Um, you're just ready, so you gotta. I think it should be more of that, more of the brainstorm instead of just telling them what to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree because I remember. Um, I could have sworn there was at one point because back in the day when they were getting close to it, what they would do is they would give them bullet points. Just like you said, yeah. Give them, yeah. Nowadays, you know, you got John Cena. Now, not to take away from John Cena because he is pretty good, but well, what it is one week, you know, he gets he gets his Survivor Series team fired, and then the next week he comes out smiling, like nothing happened. Like, like it's just, it's just that type of thing. But one guy, I got to throw in a new guy to you. Um, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of this guy. Um, he is he is Chick Magnet of CM Punk. I got to... Oh, oh, yes. Let's not forget CM Yeah. Like, him, his whole, pipe, his whole pipe bomb thing. Now, that was him shooting from the hip. And yep. they were letting him go. Because I remember when that happened, I was... In my room watching it, and they were going over their time because they usually cut off at eleven oh five, and it was like eleven, it was like eleven, um, eleven fifteen or eleven ten, and they were still going. There was right. there was that yeah. there was that pipe bomb, and then there was then there was plenty of other times like when he comes off a loss, like he doesn't come out smiling next week, like when he. Like when he had lost to Brock Lesnar at Survivor at um not Survivor Series but SummerSlam, getting my stuff mixed up. But like he came out, he was he was angry, but he was holding it in. And then um there was this one guy, and then there was one guy, and I wish that he was a heel, so it could work better. But like there was this one guy that was behind him in the audience booing, and he just stopped his promo, turned around, and said, "Sir." You pay your ticket, so you have your right. So you have every right to be here, but and boo and whatnot. But I am not in the mood right now. And he just went off on the guy, saying that he will make him, that he will make him toothless and helpless. And like he just went off. He said, "I am pissed off, and I want Brock Lesnar, and I want to fight." 
And like he was just ready. Like nobody that does that. Real. Yeah. That is real. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was real. That came from him. Yeah. That came from him. That that was hundred percent real. Mm-hmm. Hundred yeah, percent. I knew he was going to be. I knew he was um, good in the promo game from from, uh, from his Ring of Honor days. Yes. I remember. So you can't. You can't. Really, you cannot. You cannot script this guy. Mm-hmm. You can't give a script to see him. He's already natural in the promo game. I seen him. I seen him doing his ring up on a day. So you can't give a script to see him, Paul. Mm. I remember there was um. At all. I remember there was um. There was his DVD, Best in the World, which I actually have on my um on my bookshelf. Um, his his best. He was talking about how when he was on SmackDown and he was making the Straight Edge Society, and they gave and they were like, "Hey, here's your script, or here's something." And he's like, oh, gee, thanks. And he'll rip it right in front of their face and toss it. <laughs> like, he... That's what I'm talking about. You can't give a script to see him, Paul. Yeah. Like, he, like he just didn't want to do it. And he, and he even went so far to write a script for himself just to shut them up. Right. And, and he was saying, like, and they were coming to him saying, like, well, what, did, well, what do we tell Vince? Tell him, tell him what just happened. I ripped it up. I don't want to do it. I'm doing, I'm doing my own thing. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He made a point that that nobody should tell him what to think and feel when he only when he only knows what to think and feel. There it is. Mm-hmm. So there it is. <laughs> so um, th- that's one new guy. Um, I will give you. Second new guy. Um, before you get to yours, I would give I would give my guy for the for as far as the new guys. I give it to Kevin. Kevin Owens. Kevin. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yes. Gotta give it to Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. Yes. Oh man, that was a good that was a good choice right there because he was gonna be on my list. But um, another guy I I gotta I gotta add to Miz. Cause he was, he really he he really got better. Oh yes, we gotta give it to Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Give it to Miz. Like when he debuted, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't stand him. Like, what? Um, I couldn't stand him. I he would he would forget he would forget he was hosting the Diva Search at one point and he couldn't even remember the phone number. Um. Oh. He couldn't remember the phone number, so he had to look at the note on his wrist and try to figure it out. But like, <laughs> but like, he turned. He got better in the ring. He changed up his ring gear. He got better on the microphone. He got more confident. And then, I think that um he had a, there was some other stuff that was he had some good promos, and like he really when he got angry he really felt it. But the best one, if you haven't seen it, and I'm telling the listeners right now, um, the best promo that he did, I think, I'm pretty sure, I don't want to ruin it, but I'm pretty sure it was a worked shoot where he, because on, when they do Talking Smack, they, they um don't have a script or anything like that. They're themselves. And that's what everybody liked about Talking Smack. Um, cause they didn't get it scripted. They talked, they let their own character flow. And I remember there was this one guy, another podcaster, Jason Solomon. 
Um, he wow. did, Solomon, shout out to Solomon Sounds Off. Um, he did an interview with the Miz, and it kind of he asked him he asked him a question about him having an Intercontinental Title if he's bringing it down, and the Miz went off on on him saying that he's adding he's actually adding more prestige to it by defending it so much, and and like the Intercontinental Title was one of my favorites. But when he got on Talking Smack and Daniel Bryan confronted, saying that he wrestles like a coward, and that set him off, like the pat, yeah, the passion that he had behind that, and just went off, like that was perfect. And Daniel Bryan legit walked out on that, like yeah, yeah, that was that was legit passion because think about it. That came straight from him because you look at it, he was where he came from. He was being doubted all them years that he been. People doubted him. Oh, you just a guy from real world, and you ain't gonna make it very far. You didn't talk the tough enough million dollar thing, whatever the tough enough. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure all that was picked up. Like I paid my dues. I went through all this. I went through people hating me. I went through getting kicked out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, people questioning in, in my authentic, you know. So yeah. Yeah, so that that was um, that little promo he cut on Daniel Bryan was I know it was from the hip. That was absolutely real. Oh yeah, so that was another new guy. I got to give it to. Like I'm glad you mentioned um Kevin Steen, but man, um yeah. those Ring of Hon- those Ring of Honor guys, they really they really got they really got stuff. Like and I and I can bring up another Ring of Honor guy, Samoa Joe. Like oh, yes, a, yeah, let's not forget some more Joe. Yeah, I'm. I know he's been let's in T. <laughs> I know he's been in TNA a little bit more, but he, to me, he's still a Ring of Honor guy at heart. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Man. Yeah, he's definitely a Ring of Honor guy at heart. I mean, but matter of fact, we'll get to it. Um, this is somebody else I got in mind, but uh, yeah, um, okay. Samoa Joe. Yes, it's like them guys that come from, cause I call it the Ring of Honor Brotherhood, cause, cause them guys, yes, all all them guys, uh, CM Punk, mm-hmm. um, uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, and the next guy who's on my list is AJ Styles. Oh, oh, that was a good. That was that's a good one. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> another guy. All the guys have in common. That's the Ring of Honor Brothers. Yeah. And the thing is with AJ Styles is like with AJ Styles back when he was younger, and I'm pretty sure he could still do it. Like he could he could do comedy. He could be serious. Like he's he could do a little bit of everything. That's absolutely right. Like Ring of Honor, yeah. Styles, you gotta give it to him. Like there, there's that, and then like whenever he had a title, like whenever he had a championship, he he really brought he really brought out the it brought out the best in him. He really made the championship, TNA, like TNA Ring of Honor WWE when he was Intercontinental Champion, yep. like, and when he was Intercontinental Champion, when he was WWE Champion, like. It was just that him, him holding the title didn't didn't make him, but it was just it was just when he held the title, 
he made the title and the title made him. Yep. So, so that's that's going into our to our next topic right now. Championship belt designs. <laughs> like of all things, we're talking about some co- something cosmetic. Yes. <laughs> yes all right. So, like, it's hard to go down a full list of some of our favorite belts in general. So, what I'll do is I'll throw a I'll throw a championship at you. <laughs> and like we all know like first off i got to i got to ask like what is your what are your top i'll say top 5 favorite championship belt designs overall for any promotion Okay. All right. So number one, number one by default, of course, is the big gold. That's my number one. Always will be the number one. Of course. Big gold belt. Um. Uh. My second, my second one will be the undisputed, the undisputed belt. Okay. Um. Third will be the 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 attitude era, attitude era belt after the after the wing after the wing belt. Okay. Got to air, uh, belt that Austin got after he beat Sean. Mm. You talking about the Let's one? See. Talking about one with the blue strap? Yeah, or... the one with the blue strap. Yep. <laughs> the one with... Yep. That is. Yeah. That's um. That's also my. Those are my top three. Um. Let me think. Let me think after that. Those. Mm. Those are my top three. Um. I will give it the wing the wing belt. I will I will make that number four. Okay. Yeah, the the wing the wing eagle. Um, I make that number four. Uh, I can't even um, I can't really think. Well, I will, you know what? For number five, I will give I will give the TNA championship belt. Oh. Okay. I will, I will give I will give it that. Yeah, I would I would give it that. Um, on which one? I would put that as my as my favorite. The the one before um, the one before Jeff before Jeff won the championship. Ah, I think I know what you're talking about. The one with the, um Yes. Oh, the one with the eagle. The one with the eagle or the one or the um solid gold one. It's warrior, right? For uh, Jeff for Jeff took it from what do you win against me? Turn heel. I'm sorry, um, my memory got clouded on that part. No, you good? Because I, because I'm heel. Uh, he was going. Was it Hogan? He was going against, or was it Sting? I think it was. I think he was going against Sting. If my memory's right, I can't. I got. I probably have to look it up myself. <laughs> but um. There you go. Yeah, I thought we lost each other. Okay. No, now we're good. Um. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the listeners, yeah, I'm actually having to look this up because it's it's been a while. But like, is there, it was a, it was a regular um, it was the one with the with the T the one that says had and big words big letters T oh that wrestling heavyweight champion. Yeah, it kind of gave it kind of gave that old school feel to it. it. Had like a plain gold plate, and it just had the you know the 
the, yeah. the organization and heavyweight champion. It kind of gave an old school feel to it. That's what I like about the TNA um, belt. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because that was when he was um when he formed Immortal, and yes, and like he had um. No, he defended against Matt Morgan. It was where is he? It was Kurt Angle. So I will go with those as my top five. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm actually going to. And the spinner belt, anything close to the spinner belt, is, will not take this at all. <laughs> Thank you. If you want to have the the worst belt designs, spinner belt will be my number one. Would be the number one worst. Yes. Right. Yes. If we, if we, if we gonna go to the worst list. Yes, Spinnerville is going to be number one. All right, so let's get the best out. Let's get the best out of the way. And separate them. So I'm going to th- I'm going to give you the title, the um the title, and you tell me like which one, which design did you like the best? Now the first one I'm going to throw at you is the United States Championship. Now that's including the um w- that's including WCW United States. To current United States. Okay. I'm glad you said that because my best design is the WCW version mm-hmm. of the United States belt. All right. And if we want to take it, okay. And if we saying WCW, are we are we including uh, the NWA? Yeah, we're going to include NWA Jim Crockett Promotions. Okay. All right. So I'll take it. I'll take it back to the the title that Dusty and Luger and Nikita held. Oh, those are that's a. Uh, Yes, that one is my. That's one is that one is my um my best design. Coming in second would be um WCW the Eric Bischoff era um title belt. All right. Uh, you are you as? And I know, and this is just a off the rec. This is off the um. I know this is the, this is not included with it, but if you ever get a chance, you got to look up the design of the IWGP United States Championship. That is a nice looking. That's a decent looking belt. It's big. It doesn't have too much paint on it, and the strap is nice. Oh yeah. All right. So um, we got that. The. Mm-hmm. Are you good? Oh. And then we're going to look at this, the WWF slash WWE Tag Team Championships. Which design was one of your favorites on that one? Oh, the uh, um, the old version, the the, the one the one that uh, guys like um, the Road Warriors, the Nasty Boys, the Heart Foundation. <laughs> the ones they held. Mm. That's gonna. That's gonna always be my um favorite, hands down. Everything else came after that. Uh, nah, I don't like. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think, I think that the, those are my number. Those are my number ones when it comes to the tag team titles, and the ones right after it for um when they separated the brands. I have to say, like, I actually enjoyed the um. The only I think I only liked the SmackDown WWE tag team titles because it looked like it looked like almost a copy of the original ones. I think that was pretty good. Um, the raw ones were nice, but I just think they had a little bit too much paint on them. 
So like when there was wear and tear, it, it'll chip off. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, too much pain. Yeah. So, um, with that, we got to go to the second best title. Well, not the second best, but the, but the second, the, the lower pedestal mid card championship, the Intercontinental Championship. I think we're both in agreement on which design is the best. Oh yeah, you already know that. Oh yeah. You already know. Mm-hmm. The classic design. The one that they, the one that they bought back. Mm-hmm. Now. The one that they bought back before the super size again. Now, which which color strap looked best on it? To me, and maybe I'm just saying this because black is my favorite color. <laughs> but at the same time, I will not, I will not get offended with um with the with the white strap. The mm-hmm. white strap is good. Too. I would. I would say by default for me is black, but if we gotta pick a color, the white strap is white strap is perfect. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'm 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 be honest with you. I'm more for the I'm actually more for the black strap because when you have the white strap, it just gets dingy over time. Like if you look at the smack, oh, yeah. like if you look at the women's tag team titles, like the um the women's tag team titles on WWE. Shoot, even the old, um, the old um, TNA women's tag women's um championship, like with a white strap, when it gets dirty, it shows up more. Yeah, that's true. That's my only. That's my only. That's why the fall, the fall black strap is mine. But if we had to go with something other than that, yeah, I would say the white strap. But by default, black strap all the way. Oh yeah, the white strap looks amazing though. When it's when it's clean, it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So, did did the tag team titles, um, women's championship? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. My jury is still out on that that belt. Maybe I didn't really like really get a close up on it. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to even judge that. Right. Um. As a matter of fact, while we're talking. Oh, I'm gonna get a close up on it right now. Oh yeah, by all means. Right at this moment, I'm getting a close up on the women's. I mean, I seen a glimpse of it. Well, nothing me to get excited about, but yeah. Um, I mean, looking at it now, it almost looks like a, it almost looks like a martial arts belt. <laughs> the way it's looking, it was like a martial arts um championship belt. Like the one that they brought um, back. I, I guess that's good for the. I guess that's, I guess that'll be good for the, the women's tag team belt. I mean, the design is not bad. Yeah. At all. Just looking at it, it's not bad. Yeah, it's okay. Um. It's not bad at all. Okay, and the absolute your absolute favorite design of the WWE Championship. You can only pick one. Yeah, design is all. Yeah, design. <laughs> And like so for the WWE championship, on uh, which design you got? I think we got disconnected again. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Right, we went out. Yeah, there you go. Okay, came back. Alright. Cool. Alright, so um so for WWE again, um the their main title. Which one is your absolute favorite design on that one? 
Okay, the, for the world belt? Yes. Okay, all right. Um, and you're talking about current between SmackDown and Raw. Which one is the best? Oh, we're talking. Oh, we're talking about um from, from the big green belt that Hogan won off of Iron Sheik all the way up till today. The big logo belt. Oh, okay. Which one? Okay. Which, which one would be? Which one would be? Best? Yeah. The best? Your definitive one. <laughs> all around. Mm-hmm. I would give it. I would give it the undisputed belt. Yes. It's something about it. It's something about the design that. Cause I and, and the reason now you know is I cannot put the big gold belt in that when we talk about the WWE the WWE belt because if you look at it at one point that big gold belt didn't it didn't look I don't know what it is if you if you go back and look at it that big gold belt kind of lost this uh it wasn't like gold like it was when Flair had it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at when when Jericho had it, when Triple H had it, it wasn't it, 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 something. It's like it was a whole different belt. I don't know if it it just didn't look the same. It wasn't that big gold belt. It just seemed kind of the gold didn't look almost was headed towards looking copper the way it was looking. I don't know. If it, mm-hmm. But if you look at it, you'll see the difference between that and when Rick had it, when 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 Nate had it, and during his uh, WCW days. Yeah, like um, there's a big difference. Like for um, I know that they had like, they went through like, th- I think they went through like three or four different designs, um, for it because they actually had um, it's hard to tell, because of TV, but they actually had like maybe three or four different versions of of that world title where there was different pattern swirls on it, but the basic design was the same. Um, there was. I think there was one. I think one design that looked close to was one that was made by Dave Milliken. Um, right, right. The thing was, they didn't. When Randy Orton had it while he was on SmackDown, uh, when him and Christian were hot potatoing it, like that was when it was made by somebody else. And I think, and Randy Orton even kind of mentioned it that it just didn't look right. Yeah, it just didn't look right. Like even if you look at even the time with Jericho. Well, Triple H had it when he was the Evolution, um, you know, in Goldberg during that time. If you look at his own, it was like the gold plate wasn't. It was headed towards looking orange. Yeah. Or like a darkish yellow. It just didn't look. It didn't look as as gold. It looked. It just looked too obvious that they used a different and from the NWA WCW days. Yeah, exactly. It was way too obvious. It was a different belt. Okay. And I know technically it was, but it just it just looked too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um what I want to do is for the next next time that I have you on here, man, we got to talk, we got to go into detail about wrestling promos a lot more. Um yes. Like it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be amazing because like I was when I started wrestling and I started becoming a wrestling manager, like I had to take, I had to, I had to sit down and take notes and watch some of these guys, and I can um, and like I can attest to some of the people that I looked at, but I'm more interested in some of the guys that you know about and everything. We're about to run out of time right now, and what I want to do is I want to have you on. I want to have you on the next episode. I got it. I we got we got to do a part two to this. Come on, brother. I would love to, man. You know it. And I'm pretty sure my listeners, they wouldn't mind having you up here 
well, having you up here a few more times too. Like you got that you you got that macho man energy, you know, and everything. So, <laughs> tell you, man. Yeah, like I said, I've been a a super fan, like a mark for the business. I mean, too bad, too bad my path didn't end up like. Ended up in the ring like I wanted to as a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my path just ended up different. But as a fan, and how, why I always it, it was it was what I had growing up. Right. That was what I had. That was my escape as a kid. Yeah. You know, growing up poor, that was my escape was wrestling. And even when I became grown, it was still wrestling. Mm-hmm. Shoot, same here. So. Yeah. Yeah, we all have our escapes. That was mine as well. Wrestling and video games. Like video yeah, game look, video games actually helped me when focus. Game, when it came to video games, what 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 video games I was playing? Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We're looking at we're looking at we're looking at WWF Super WrestleMania, Rage in the Cage, WWF Raw. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Super Nintendo is a uh, Royal Rumble. Yeah, I had that one. That was that was one of my favorites. When I was little, when I was when I was like uh, eight years old, uh, it was an arcade game that be in Seven Eleven. Um, it was a uh, uh, WWF Saturday Night Main Event. Oh, I heard about that. Yes, I played that. Ar- whenever we went to this, there was this particular Seven Eleven I went to. They had that arcade game in there. WWF Saturday Night Main Event <laughs> wrestling game. That's what Big Boss Man was. Um, he he was in it. Oh man, from Cobb County, Georgia. Yep. Oh man, Georgia. Nintendo. (laughs) I I got the had the WCW uh, video game on Nintendo. The one that had the Road Warriors on the on the front. Oh yeah, that was the very first one. Yep. I remember. That's it. Man. All right, so uh, we're about to wrap this up. Like I said, I'm. I'm so thankful to finally have you on the show, man. I got to get you on the next episode. Um, My pleasure, brother. Yeah. But um, before you go, I just got to know, my listeners want to know, like, is there anywhere that they can reach you? Like, do you have, like, a, a Instagram or Twitter that you want to um, promote or anything like that? Um, yes. Yes. UTP1979. It's Instagram. UTP1979. 1979. Um, be on the lookout for my other Instagram page, uh, Vision 79 Media. I'm trying to get that off the ground. Um, that page. One, two, three, four.